0: The Old Testament lesson comes from Isaiah 55. Listen for God's word to you this morning. Come, oh, you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on that which is not bread and your labor on that which does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me, and eat what is good, and your soul will delight in the richest of fare. Give ear and come to me, hear me, that your soul may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David. See, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander of the peoples, Surely you will not summon nations you know not, and nations that you do not know you will hasten, to, will hasten to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, the God who endowed you with splendor. Seek God while God may be found, and call on God while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the evil ones their thoughts, and let us turn to God And God will have mercy on them, and to our God, for God will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return it, without watering the earth, and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed to the sower and bread for the eater. So it is that my word goes out of my mouth. It will not return empty, but will accomplish what I purpose and succeed in the ways for which I have sent it. For you shall go out in joy and be led back in peace, the mountains and the hills before you shall burst forth into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands.
1: The New Testament lesson is from the Gospel of Luke, the 13th chapter. Jesus is responding to people who are questioning the mysteries of God in times of calamity, wondering why something happened, who did what wrong, what caused this, whose guilt uh, brought this calamity upon people, Um, where is God's judgment and mercy on those people, those people. And Jesus wanted to bring his listeners' attention to themselves, not focused on those people, but on what was going on in their own lives, in their own midst. And so he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he went to look at the fruit on the fig tree, but he didn't find any figs. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, For three years now I've been coming back looking for fruit on this fig tree and I haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it take up the soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for just one more year and I'll dig around it and I'll spread manure around it and if it bears fruit next year but then if it doesn't bear fruit Then cut it down. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This uh, past week, uh, Riverside's basketball league wrapped up with championship games. It was uh, a great season, um, almost 600 kids involved. But what really makes the league, I think, are the quality of the volunteer coaches that we have Uh, So many of them just do a great job of working with kids, boys and girls, over many months. And one coach in particular I want to uh, uh, call your attention to. At the end of the season, his, his girls team had just lost the championship game. And he had a great little team meeting afterwards. And then I talked with him and he said, you know, Bill, at the beginning of the season, I always tell my kids just three things I want from you. Just three things. I want you to have fun, I want you to be nice to each other, and I want you to listen to the coach. Isn't that great? That's a wise coach. Have fun. If you're not having fun everything else breaks down. Be nice to each other. You can't have a team if you're not. And listen to the coach. You know, it reminded me a little bit of our church's mission statement. You know, live joyfully, serve passionately, and search thoughtfully. We live in a society that divorces fun from stewardship. In other words, it, it cuts fun, fun off from our identity as children of God. We live in a society that thinks that being nice to each other is a sign of weakness, that, that listens only to the electronically delivered voices of the marketplace. Lent is a season, and we're about halfway through it now, when we are urged to rediscover how to have fun as those who are made in the image of God, rediscover our need, our need to serve one another and to know who is our neighbor, to rediscover the The network ID and password, as it were, of an alternative voice of love and security. Both texts today, Isaiah and Luke, are about the possibilities to rediscover what has been lost or forgotten. In the parable that Jesus tells, he, he mentions a, a fig tree. Now we know that the fig tree is the first tree that's mentioned by name in the Bible. You remember where it was first mentioned? In the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve had to find some leaves to cover themselves. And they used fig leaves. The fig tree uh, was seen as a symbol of blessing and curse. It was uh, an image of security and prosperity. In the time of Solomon, each man sat under his own vine and fig tree. It was an image of prosperity. It was so valuable that the king of Assyria tried to bribe Jewish deserters to leave the army when he was at war with them by giving them, promising them each a fig tree. In In the time of the Deuteronomic history, It was said that the promised land will be a land of wheat and barley, of fig trees and pomegranates, of oil and honey, where you will eat without scarcity and lack nothing. So the fig tree, a symbol of blessing, but also if it failed to bear fruit, it meant something was wrong. In fact, it was cursed. Here in this story, we have a landowner who planted a tree, and then the fig tree would need three years to grow to maturity. And then for the first three years after that, its fruit was considered unclean, so it was just left. And then it would be in years 7, 8, and 9 that this landowner in the parable would come back to visit the tree, look for fruit, And what does he find? Nothing, no figs. Year seven, eight, and nine, the trees in the ground and no no return on investment. That's a long time to wait. And so he says, you know what? It's just taking up space here. Land is valuable. Uh, I'll use my resources on other trees and get fruit. And the gardener says, wait, don't do that. Give it another year. A tenth year? This tree is obviously barren. Give it another year. I'll, I'll focus on this tree. I'll give it my best efforts. I'll, I'll dump so much manure on that thing. It'll, it, it's gonna, it'll just, I promise, I'll, I'll weed around it. I'll give it my special attention. No tree will ever be cared for like this one. Let's see what could happen. Let's give it another chance. As a young boy in Ohio, I remember driving out in the farm country and smelling fields that had been spread in manure. Have you ever done that? That's what I thought about when I read this passage. The gardener willing to just get his arms full of that stuff for the sake of the tree. Well, I don't know. I wonder what the landowner said. Part one was the landowner coming to the tree and saying, "I want some fruit. Cut it down if there isn't any." Part two, the gardener says, "Wait, I'll, I'll try to help it. Give it more time." Part three is, part three isn't in there. We don't know how it ended. We don't know what the landowner decided. We don't know if the gardener was successful. We don't know if the tree bore any fruit. Jesus left the story completely open. It leads us to the Isaiah passage. Why in the world would you spend so much effort, so much time, so much money on that which is fruitless. Why would you do that? Why would you invest so much of your life, so much of your resources, so much of who you are on something that is guaranteed not to satisfy, that will not fill your deep longing? The prophet seems to accuse his entire culture of going after something other than what God is serving up. Now, in my family, we're a little bit competitive about, oh, everything. And so we, we even get competitive about food. We, when we go to a restaurant, we compete on who orders the best and so we'll order, and then when the food comes, we'll see who got the biggest plate of food and who got the best plate of food, and then we'll sort of rag on each other, like, ah, look how much I got, I, I won, I, I got the best food. We compete on what we order. And the, the prophet Isaiah is saying, you're ordering completely wrong. Whatever it is you're striving after, it is, it is guaranteed not to satisfy. But this is about way more than poor shopping or, or unsavory eating. This is really about what amounts to idolatry and unfaithfulness to God, turning away from the way of God and from a covenant relationship with God and launching out on one's own and doing What one thinks is right to oneself. There they were, says Isaiah, plowing their resources and their energy into things that didn't really matter, that wouldn't really satisfy, and that came at way too high a price. Have you ever had buyers' remorse in a store or in a relationship? Seek the Lord while he may be found and call on him while he's near. Is God like a passing planet that just comes by every generation? Or is God near all the time? Will the landowner give up on the tree or keep investing in it will that tree ever produce that barren tree will it ever bear fruit will the gardener's special concern make a difference there is this tension between the expectation of fruitfulness the rightful expectation For a fruit tree to bear fruit. And this offer of more time. Another chance. Jesus didn't give the ending to the parable, and I think it would be presumptuous and dangerous for us to supply that ending in any quick and easy way now. Indeed, Isaiah says... God's thoughts are not our thoughts. God's ways are not our ways. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so high are God's thoughts above ours. So who can fathom the mercy of God, says Isaiah? Who can fathom? And who can understand the patience of God Jesus' parable suggests. Where is the fruit appearing in your life? What fruit is Riverside bearing? Are we having fun? Are we being nice to each other? Are we listening to the coach? What fruit are we bearing? I believe that the sovereign God will have a fruitful tree. In fact, an orchard of fruitful trees. If not this tree, another one. But the God gardener will do anything. Will do anything. Even weighed knee deep in manure to have his way with the tree. Thanks be to God for that. Amen. Now let us respond to God by bringing forth the offering of our lives.